from San Diego, California. This is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my wife, Elisa, from coast to coast and around the world. Thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. And in today's show, we're going to talk about treating your spouse like a grown-up instead of like a child. Mm, this is going to be a big one. And uh, for some of you, this is going to be a challenge. And I want you to think about what Meryl Streep, the actress, said here in this quote. You can't get spoiled if you do your own ironing. And for those of you out there that like ironing, work with me here. Let's go with what the message is here. If you have to do things for yourself, you can't get that spoiled. Uh, And it's going to play out in different dynamics as we talk through the next 30 minutes together. But before we go there, I want to share this hug that we received on iTunes. Those of you that are new to the show, you may have found us through iTunes. Those of you who've been listening for a while, we know that the reviews that you put up on iTunes impact people looking for marriage help. We often receive messages from somebody saying, I read the reviews on iTunes and that's why I decided to listen to your show. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't left a review or a rating on iTunes, we would love for you to go there and share your thoughts on how One Extraordinary Marriage has impacted your relationship. Just like this one, this was a five-star review from Too Late This Time. And Too Late This Time says, I found this podcast as my marriage was falling apart. It was too late to save my marriage, but I continue to listen. Our problems were not unique, and each podcast and reader input is proof that you can work through problems. However, both individuals need to put in that work. I listen to all podcasts to learn and grow and be reminded that with work, a great marriage is possible. My next relationship will be based on stripped down. I'm going to start off right and have an awesome second marriage in the future. Thank you. That's so awesome. And I'm bummed to hear that your first marriage came, came down. Mm-hmm. But I love, I love your enthusiasm for what's going to happen next time. And I think that is cool. And I I give that listener so much credit for continuing to listen because we know that there are a lot of you out there that are listening to the show who have been through divorce or maybe you've never been married and you're thinking, I don't even know what this marriage stuff is about, but I don't know, Tony and Lisa, they talk about it all. And that's who we want to be. We want to be that resource for you. So let's dig into where this episode came from because you know, when people say, are you doing too much? They typically think about busy. And you guys know, even from the intro, we, we are way over the whole I'm too busy expression. But that's not where the idea for this show came from. The idea for this show came from conversations that I've had, you know, with people out around town as I'm doing my calls and whatnot. And people saying, well, you know, I do everything for my spouse. I make breakfast, I make lunch, I make dinner, I mow the lawn, I do the laundry, I make the beds, I fold the clothes. I, I do all of these things and I don't understand why, why my spouse won't help out, why they don't engage with me, why they always seem to be doing their own thing. And the first time I heard this, I was actually stunned because Tony and I don't have that type of relationship. 
it's very equitable. There's give and take in terms of if something needs to be done in our household, we do it. Mm-hmm. We come from a place of service, not a place of control, not a place of spoiling in the sense of I'm just going to do everything for you so that you'll love me. You know, if the dishes need to be done to make our house run smoother, somebody washes the dishes. Mm-hmm. If the laundry needs to be done, somebody does the laundry. If the bed needs to be made, somebody makes the bed. Now, I will have to say, uh-uh. I will have to say, in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Oh, that's true. In the beginning, it was not like that. And I will say, from the standpoint of a husband, it wasn't good for our marriage. It wasn't good for our sex life. It just wasn't good. And what I was doing was basically going, well, hey, Elisa, you're basically my mom, so do everything. You know, when I was living at home, my mom just did everything for me. She made dinner. She made my lunch. She did my laundry. Now, yes, I went to college and I had to do all that stuff. I didn't do it well, but I had to do it. So when we got married and we set up house, it was very easy for me to just roll into this, you know, hey, I was always taken care of when I was at my mom and dad's house. So now you do that. <laughs> Telling you, it doesn't work Oof. out. Yeah, it that, just doesn't. That's not good. No. And, and what I'm hearing from a lot of spouses through, through consultation calls and like I said, when I'm out and about is that some of you are doing too much. Mm. Some of you are treating your spouses like children and not like adults. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing everything for them. So why should they engage with you? Why should they help out? You've got it all handled. There's absolutely no reason for them to do it. And here's what usually comes up at and out of it as well, is that you, the spouse who's doing everything, you start getting really frustrated. You just get really frustrated with your spouse because they're not taking on anything. Well, it's just like our kids. If I do everything for my kids... They're going to expect it. And I'm the one who's going to be frustrated because they're not doing anything, but they're going, well, you're doing everything, so why should I do anything? Mm-hmm. And so even in our household, and I'm going to just say this little side with our kids, we make them do their own laundry. You want clothes next week? You want to wear your elite socks? You want to make sure you have your football jersey so you can wear it on Friday? Well, you better get up off your butt, go get your clothes, Bring them to the laundry room and wash them and then fold them. I, I had that conversation with our son this morning. He's like, mom, I don't have any socks. And I looked at him and I said, but you know where the washing machine is and you know where the detergent is. So it's probably not my problem. And same thing with our marriages. If, you know, you're doing everything and there is nothing for your spouse to do, you can't really get mad at them unless you bring this up. Because you're doing it all. And either spouse doesn't have ESP. Don't have ESP. ESP. I don't know if Elisa's upset with me if she doesn't tell me. So if she's upset that I'm not doing the dishes or she's doing the dishes all the time or she's doing the laundry or she's doing everything around the house and inside and outside but never tells me, then I have no clue there's a problem. So for you who is doing this, you may have to open up your mouth and say, Hey honey, 
started getting a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. I get you got a lot going on in your life. I do too. We got four kids running around this house. I'm taking care of them. I'm homeschooling them. I'm doing a bunch of stuff here at the house as well. So we need to figure out a way that we can come together and divvy up some of this stuff. Because guys, think about it. When you get married, it's to become one. It doesn't mean that one person is doing everything else. I mean, why get married if you're just going to do everything else, not just for yourself, but also for your spouse? Um, that, that's like a double workload for what purpose? You know, you fell in love with this other person because they, they were unique. They have different skills and passions and, and together you become stronger than you are individually. So you've got to let those other skills and talents flourish within the framework of your marriage. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to. You got to talk about them. You got to talk about it because if you don't and you continue down this path of doing everything, the one of you that's doing everything is going to get frustrated. Uh, That's just plain and simple. Those are the phone calls I usually get. I'm so frustrated with my spouse. The other person is going to lose their sense of motivation because there's no value to them being in the relationship. They don't bring anything to it because you're content to go do everything. You know, so why get up off the couch and turn off the remote if they know you're going to put dinner on the table? They're not going hungry. You know, if the laundry is always going to be done, guess what? They've always got clean clothes. They don't, they don't feel valued. Just like our children. You know, they may not want to do it. I mean, there are definitely days when I don't want to do the laundry. My kids don't want to do the laundry. Nobody wants to clean up the house. But you know what? That's part of the value of being in this family. In your marriage, you both bring value to that. Mm-hmm. And, and if this keeps up repeatedly, guys, for extended periods of time, that other spouse is going to check out emotionally, possibly physically. They're going to check out of the marriage. And you don't want that. You don't want that. Yeah. And we talked about change a, a couple shows back. And... You know, if if your marriage is like this right now where you're doing everything and you're noticing that, hey, my my spouse has no reason to lift a finger. They probably have a sense of devalue of their own life. They feel like they don't have any value. And so to change is very tough because they don't believe that they can change because there's no way for them to do that. And that's a tough place to be. That is a tough place to be because with that could possibly be some depression starting to roll in. I mean, there's, there's a number of things that start hitting a person at this point, you know, anxiety possibly that you may not even know about, but that is stopping them. The, the, the anxiety, the fear of trying to do something new could really be stopping them dead in their tracks. And so you got to look at this and you got to wade through it. And the best way to do that is to find some help. Mm-hmm. You do need to, to locate some help and be it again, books, online resources, coaching, therapy, 
counselors, whatever you may be able to find that works for the two of you. You need to wade through this because it's during these low points in our lives that I believe we can get out of them. I've been there. I've been at low points, challenging points where it was tough to get out of bed. And it wasn't because Elisa was doing everything. There was a lot that was happening, but she was taking on a brunt of this load. And her, by, by her doing that, it just made me feel less and less valuable as a person, as a husband, as a provider. And by that, I mean, it was literally dragging myself out of bed every day to try to get out the door. And sometimes it happens very, very slowly. Oh yeah. This, this was definitely, you know, it just kind of becomes, Oh, I'll just pick up this kind of thing or I'll just do this. And, and most of you come at this from a, a giving heart you want to do for your spouse. You love them. You want to do for them. Mm-hmm. But keep in mind that you really can do too much. And when you find yourself in that place, we're going to walk you through some steps that you can do starting today to do a course correction on what's going on in your marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, part of this, and Tony brought it up, is, you know, it starts with a state of our marriage conversation. You know, how, how do you convey to your spouse that you're aware of this? whichever side of the equation you're on, mm-hmm. you know, and we outline this in great detail in he's X, she's X. It's one of our online audio programs. We go into how you have a state of our marriage conversation because it's not just, Hey, he walks in the door and you're like, honey, we need to talk. Well, that that's never going to be a good talk because we are programmed. We are conditioned. When we hear those words, our defenses go up because we think there's nothing good coming after the words. We need to talk. So going through the guidelines, like scheduling the time, having an agenda. These are all things that we outline in that program. The one of you that's doing everything, you're going to need to start relinquishing control. And for some of you, it is a control thing. You don't think your spouse can do things as well as you can. You don't like the way they load the dishwasher. You don't like the way they fold clothes. You don't think they're a good cook. You don't think they can um, get the kids ready for school. Whatever it is. Think about what that says. Think about what that conveys. Take a moment right now. Take a moment. Right now and just think about this. I'm washing the dishes. Your spouse is washing the dishes. He or she is doing it the way they've done it know how to do it. The dishes get cleaned at the, at the end, the dishes get clean. All right. Spouse is washing the dishes, but every time they put it in the dishwasher or they put it in the drying rack, you're making a comment. Oh, it doesn't go like that. No, that one needs to go here. You didn't wipe that one off enough. No, you should use less soap. No, you should use more soap. Use the scrubber. No, don't use the scrubber. What would that do over time to somebody, to your spouse? Just think about that. What, what, how would that make you feel? How does that make you feel? And I'm sure some of you are like me. I'm sitting here listening to this and it's, 
it's creating a feeling of anxiety in me just listening to this and it's just on the podcast. It's not in the dynamic of your kitchen at night after dinner. Right. You know, it, I mean, I remember when the kids were younger and, and Tony very much had this, well, I'm just gonna let you take care of the kids because, you know, you do it better than me. And, and I remember thinking, I, I, I honestly, I don't care if I do it better than you. Like, I would love it if you would just bathe our child. You know, and, and so there was this frustration. And you know what? For some of you, your spouse is not going to load the dishwasher the exact same way that you do. Get over it. It's one night you don't have to load the dishwasher. Get over it if your spouse dresses your kid for school and the ponytail is crooked and the socks don't match. G- get over it. My, my, my children have gone to school with mismatched socks by their own choice for years. And you know what? That's just part of their brand. Their personal brand for both of them is, you know, I mean, they've got their own fashion style. Everybody knows it. But I, you know what I had to get rid of? I had to get rid of the fact that that was a reflection on me. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's a reflection of my children and their individuality. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. But just like your spouse, the fact that they do things different is not bad. It's just different. Now, the one case in point would be laundry. Now, if, if they're throwing the, the reds with the whites, we've got to have a little talk on that. But you know what? Th- those are just learning points. Th- those are just, hey, may have never learned. Yeah. Y- you know, when I left my house at 18 going to the University of Colorado, my mom never taught me how to do laundry. I remember looking at a laundry machine in my dorm going, how the heck do I use this thing? I have no idea. Oh, our kids are so far ahead of the curve. <laughs> I'm like, what do I do? And even then through college, it didn't, I didn't do a great job. And so it, it may just be a learning moment. Just be like, hey, hon, you know what? We're going to have to just heads up. We got to separate these out. You know, whites, darks, reds, pinks, purples. And we're going to use this much. And, you know, laundry detergent. We set it here. We're good to go. Boom. Well, I have to share with you, I was at a conference a while back and uh, Dr. Gary Smalley mm-hmm. was doing a, a presentation with his son, Michael, and he was talking about his wife's laundry okay. and uh, specifically her intimates. So all the lacy things and things like that. And he knew that he was not supposed to touch them. Right. And so he tells the story about how they were in the dryer. And so he knew that it was just, you just put it on like tumble for five minutes or whatever. Yeah. So he said, I put it on tumble, but then I walked away. He said, and so when I realized two hours later that I had walked away, I came back and they were just a tangled Mess. nightmare. And he said... He wasn't using the little baggie? Uh, you know, he didn't go into it. What's that little baggie the, called anyway? The, the, um, it's like a lingerie bag. Yeah. Apparently not. I don't know. He, he didn't go into it. <laughs> but it was the whole thing of, you know, I mean, here's... here's he, he even knew the rules, but he just walked away because he was going to go do something else in the five minutes and then completely got distracted. I love the story because... Yep, innocent mistake. And, and he was, he's like, I knew better. Okay, you know, but things are still going to happen. Yeah. It's okay. He's like, I, you know, I just went to her and said, honey, I've got good news and bad news. You know, the good news is you get to go out and buy all new lingerie. The bad news is, well, your other stuff is no longer wearable or it's good for our, you know, uh, because it shrunk too, I guess. He's like, well, you know, our teenage granddaughters or whatever can we... <laughs> You know, nice. you, find, you find the silver lining. You know, I, I like to go with the, well, I guess I get to go shop for new stuff. But, but part of that's relinquishing control. Yeah, it is. And, and saying, 
you know what? It's okay if things are done differently than I do. Because again, remember, two unique individuals come into this marriage. Mm -hmm. You didn't marry a clone of yourself. You didn't. I don't care what you think. They are not exactly like you. And that's good because being married to yourself at times could be a real nightmare. I, I can't imagine me married to me. Yeah, that's wrong on so many levels. But embrace their uniqueness because you loved them for it when you said, I do. Let them shine. Let them shine. That's, that's the key. What are we looking at in our spouses? Are we always trying to find the negative in our mm. spouses? Or are we trying to find the positive in our spouses? Because that is a huge mind-altering change. Yes, it is. Really, are you going out there and breaking down your spouse daily? Or are you lifting them up? Even in those times when they're screwing things up. But I'll tell you, more times than not, it's people are just throwing negative, negative, and more negative. And you think you're going to get something to change. You think somebody's going to change. Your spouse is going to make a difference. Want it, Want to, you know, do more with you. Want to be intimate with you emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially. Think about it. Would you? Do you? I, I sure know for me and in my marriage and what we've gone through, when there was so much negative, you know, negative talk in this house, you could cut it with a knife. I didn't want to do squat. What for? So I could be blamed again for something else. But as we changed and we realized that our talk was impacting our lives, that's when we were able to change how we treat each other and what we're doing around this house. Because when I was able to hear those words from Elisa, Hey, good job. And she would hear it from me. Hey, that's awesome. I appreciate you doing that. Not, gosh, well, you did the laundry, but you didn't fold my underwear the right way. But you didn't do this the right way. But you could have done this better. No. And even in times right now, we'll get snippy at each other. And you know, and it's the negative talk that comes in. It's, it's toxic. The negative talk will be toxic to your marriage. The other thing that you need to do is you need to establish a schedule to check in with each other. You know, whether it's a daily deal or I remember, you know, we met a couple a few years ago and they talked about wiping the slate clean. And so once a week they would sit down and have the conversation. Is there anything on our slate? Which means, is there anything that's bugging you? Is there anything in my behavior, uh, things that have occurred during the week? Okay. And so they would use that as a way to say, you know what? We're both adults. Right. We can have a mature conversation about what's going on in our relationship without flying off the handle, without calling each other names. Mm -hmm. And we're just checking in because if you're the one relinquishing control, you need to check in and make sure you know that that's being met. And if you're the one assuming more control, you do need to check in like, Hey, you know, how can I do the laundry better? You know, if you got, you know, I mean, it only takes you once of making pink laundry to realize that reds don't go with whites. But, you know, what else can we do? How, how do we manage our household responsibilities together? Have those conversations on a regular basis. It's an ever-evolving 
mm. process because seasons change in your marriage. Job responsibilities change. Children responsibilities change. So there are going to be those, I mean, case in point for us. We typically have dinner between 5.30 and 6 every night. We've shared with you in the past that Alex plays uh, Pop Warner football. Mm -hmm. Pop Warner football practices from 5 to 7.30, three nights a week. And sometimes has games during Saturday dinner hour. Mm -hmm. So huge impact in our marriage. Now we could have thrown all kinds of fits about this messing up our schedule. And I could have just been in a tizzy and just been like, well, you're just going to have to fend for yourself. Instead, what do we do? We now have an afternoon snack on the nights when Alex has practice and we all have dinner together as a family. Yep. Because what does that convey to everyone in this family that as a family unit, we are important. Right. It elevates my child to think that he is valued. He's not going to have to sit by himself in the kitchen when he comes home at night because, well, you know what? Too bad. We all ate. You know, it lets his sister know that he's important. It allows Tony and I to still maintain that family mealtime that matters to us. Mm-hmm. As couples, as spouses, one of the most important gifts that you can give to your spouse is the sense of value. So if you have to make accommodations to your schedule, do it. If you have to have a, you know, if they're working late and, you know, some of you have young children, you have to eat dinner with the kids. And I, you know, I totally get that. When your husband comes home or your wife comes home late, sit down at the table with them. Don't just hand them a plate of leftovers and say, you know, or tell them it's in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Sit down with them. I know one couple, it's a, it's a military family. This goes back to their physical intimacy. Um, you know, he works very, very long hours, incredibly long hours. And so nighttime sex doesn't happen all that often for them. And she, the wife could throw a tizzy. Well, this is when I like to have sex because she's not exactly a morning person taking care of the three kids that they have. But you know what she does? She goes out of her way to wake up in the morning so that they can have morning sex because she knows it gives value to her husband and lets him know that he's important. She accommodates him in doing that. And, and I'm sure he's serving her. Absolutely. I mean, he, in other and, ways. you know, and so on Friday nights, you know, he could, because he knows that she likes nighttime sex Friday nights, you know, at the end of the week, that's when he's ready to go at nighttime. You know, so there's give and take. That's what being married is about. It's not about having your way, the only way all the time. It's not about ruling your marriage with an iron fist where you control everything. Marriage is about two. Mm-hmm. Becoming one that is greater than the two of them individually. So you've got to figure out how that looks like in your schedule with the scheduled time to talk. And finally, you've got to change your mindset. And we talked about this. We've talked about this before. We will talk about it again. It's part of the love always create your marriage blueprint. You know, this is, this will change your marriage. If you change the thoughts that you are putting into your head, it could be something as simple as I'm an adult married to an adult. I choose to allow my spouse to be responsible for their life while I am responsible for mine. You keep telling yourself that you're going to look at your spouse like they're a grown up. Mm-hmm. You're going to make decisions to allow everybody to be responsible for their lives together. Think of the power in those words just saying my spouse is an adult. 
My spouse is a grown up. You know, and wrapping up the show, you guys are not married to children. Don't joke about it. Don't act like it. You're married to another adult. So you really need to think this week and take some time to reflect yourself. In in what areas of your marriage are you treating your spouse like a child? Where are you not letting them be the grown-up that they are? And then you need to think, what do I need to do this week to change that? Because you can't change them. You can only change yourself. So what changes can you make this week to bring value back into your marriage, to give value to your spouse? All right, you guys, this week, make it a point. Stop treating your spouse like a child. Go out there. They're an adult. Sit down. Have that talk that you need to have so you guys can both be looking at each other eye to eye and going, we're adults and we're going to make a change so that we can live our lives, our marriage, knowing that we're in this thing together. All right. So you guys have a fantastic week. You enjoy it. We love you and we will catch you next week.